They moved me to Singapore, and the six months into Singapore, they said, we need you more in Japan. <laughs> and then, so I moved to Japan, and then I stayed there for two years, um, turned around the business year over year, 220%. Um, you know, there were a lot of naysayers, like, why would you send a Chinese female to Japan? It's a death wish. Um, but, you know, eventually, success speaks for itself, right? It does, yeah. Uh, like, Anna-san, you're such a crazy, aggressive negotiator, but we like it. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so, so as long as you deliver what you promise, yeah. I think a lot of times um, U.S. companies or Western companies come and parachute an executive, tell them everything that they want to hear, go the way, you know, they go away and then they never deliver yeah. or deliver very little. So over-promise, under-deliver. Welcome to 14 Minutes of SaaS, the show where you can listen to the stories, and opinions of founders of the world's most remarkable SaaS scale-ups. In episode 86 of 14 Minutes of SaaS, I'm still at Rise in Hong Kong, where I meet with Anna Gong, the CEO and the board member of Perks. This is the first of a three-part interview about her multinational life and career. The threads that run through the interview are consistently fueling hypergrowth, a huge level of self-belief and confidence and movement, including Guangzhou in China, to Florida, to several iconic tech cities in Silicon Valley, to Singapore, to Japan. So today on 14 Minutes of SaaS, we have Anna Gong, CEO of Perks Technologies, a leading loyalty and customer engagement SaaS platform, and it's an AI-powered platform too. Great to have you in the show, Anna. Thank you, Stephen. Great to be here. How are you enjoying Rise? It's lovely. I actually haven't been the, the whole conference, but uh, what I've seen so far has been lovely. Yeah, absolutely. And, and uh, it was a pleasure to introduce you to the stage today. Uh, you did a brilliant job. What a coincidence. I didn't oh. know you were interviewing me. It's, it's insane, <laughs> yeah. isn't it? it? Literally hours after, two hours or something after introducing right, you, or right. maybe less. Yeah. Uh, um, so we've, we've been chatting and you, you've got a fascinating um, background. Would you tell us your story from, from childhood all the way up to before you entered the workforce? Wow, okay, going back, that um, I won't date myself too much, but uh, I was born in China, uh, in Guangzhou, and uh, when I was eight, uh, my family uprooted to Florida in the U.S., and that's where I grew up uh, until I graduated. I went to uh, California for college, and after L.A., I moved to uh, San Francisco. Um, so I've been in tech all my life. Uh, my wow. first uh, job was in tech, implementing large-scale ERP systems, uh, SAP actually, the worst <laughs> programming language you could ever start with. Um, but you know, we, we, we did it, and one of the worst projects I could you know be put into at a 22-year-old, you know, uh, Folsom, California, you know, at Intel. This wow. is, uh, you know, Johnny Cash, right? You know, <laughs> my first orientation package from uh, PwC was uh, go visit the penitentiary. <laughs> it's so exciting. I'm like, no. <laughs> so that project literally killed me inside because, you know, 15 hours of programming day in, day out, 
Um, and then there's no leisure in sight. And so, you know, we would drive up on Mondays and then drive back on Fridays to San Francisco. It was just a miserable time for me. Maybe it was probably a wrong project for me, but yeah. I realized that I think my personality belongs in the front line. Um, and nonetheless, I started my career in programming. So you were a bit like Johnny Cash then. You were playing to the prisoners there in SAP. Uh, <laughs> and you couldn't, you know, only Johnny Cash seemed quite happy in the jail when he's doing that concert. Well, he was strumming a guitar. Yeah, that's a strumming true. keyboard. <laughs> <laughs> Very different. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, and like, you know, you worked for many companies um, before, like you were talking many enterprise uh, startups, enterprise uh, SaaS startups before you entered um, Wiley. Um, tell us a, a bit about the formative ones that you worked with. Well, after PwC, I left to a startup, you know, okay. at 24, I think, you know, I, I didn't know what was up or down, no <laughs> like true business experience. And then I was employee number four with three Taiwanese engineers. Uh, working out of a warehouse, uh, growing up, you know, growing a startup. So I, I was working on all of the business functions, right? Operation, HR, marketing, um, anything that ha has nothing to do with programming, which was what I wanted to get my uh, hands on. Um, I learned a, a great deal. I learned uh, fundraising. I learned opening new offices. I learned. And which so company was this then? This was at Octosoft. It was the core banking yes. software. Yeah, yeah. And. Um, so we grew from four employees to 130 plus in two years. And so it was a very good experience early stage. So that was like the first startup that I got really in the deep end with. Um, and then I ultimately moved on to uh, three other startups after that. And all has been, um, I would say, enterprise software related. Yeah. And so, and it's all deep tech. You know, none of it were B2C. We didn't have the luxury to do B2C back then, right? Yeah. It was the dot com days where uh, even the web vans and the pets.com failed because we were too early. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Actually, Octosoft stuck out when I looked at your LinkedIn because I saw, I kind of saw this crazy growth, this yeah. crazy growth curve that you, you that you were right, on at right. such an early age. Yeah. So, uh, must have been pretty, pretty, pretty amazing. Now you went on to become a VP in two household names in CA Technologies and Infor, and that was really where I suppose um, you, you became a really senior professional. Um, can you tell us a little bit about both of those experiences? Yeah, I think, um, you know, I, I worked really hard for, for that promotion at CA. Um, I re was rejected multiple times oh, wow. for that role. Um, my, we, I had actually inherited a new boss at that time when I came back from Japan to Singapore and the, the new boss and I had no relationship. Take us back, I've gone too fast. Okay. Tell me about when you, when you went to Japan and your experience there and who you were with. Yeah, so, you know, CA acquired Wiley and I moved to uh, Singapore in 2009 with CA to help them turn around and, and fix the Wiley business. Because after the integration, every region was growing at 100%, you know, year over year, but some, somehow Asia wasn't growing you know, the, the way that they want to after we left it, right? Um, and so they tripled the headcounts to, you know, to what it was and then um, we left it at, you know, um, very, very slim uh, team, team-wise, but they tripled the headcounts and pumped a lot of investment, killed the channel ecosystem, and then it, the revenue just dipped, right? Or it was not growing at the pace. Yeah. So they asked somebody that 
originally organically grew that business to come back. Which and was how me. long were you with Wiley before CA took over, before that happened? Um, we were, okay, my team, I joined two and a half years, um, almost three years into it before we got acquired. Okay, okay, yeah. okay. And what so, did you do in that time? I was running Global BD. Okay, okay. Yeah, okay. yeah. And so they, they moved me to Singapore and the six months into Singapore they said, we need you more in Japan. <laughs> and then so I moved to Japan for a couple of years. It started out with just visiting Japan to help them and see what the problem was. And then the, um, the country manager at, in Japan said, we need her here full time. <laughs> so six months into it, I moved my entire, you know, uprooted again to Japan. And then I stayed there for two years, um, turned around the business year over year, 220%. Um, you know, there were a lot of naysayers, like why would you send a Chinese female to Japan? It's a death wish. Um, but, you know, eventually success speaks for itself, right? It does, yeah. Uh, and then I came back in 2011 to Singapore, and that's where I, you know, I, I sought for this promotion. Um, I asked for it, I, I went for it because I knew this promotion or this uh, position was open. Yes. There was no candidate that would be better suited than me. I felt, you know, that's, uh, you have to believe in yourself. Right? Absolutely. So um, my new boss that came in had no relationships with me and he has his entourage that he brought in as well. So I pitched myself that um, to him twice and I got rejected. Then I went back to a mentor of mine or an advisor. Um, and, and he taught me how to position the way that, you know, if you really want this, I think you might want to tweak your um, pitch a little bit, right? And sell yourself better. So I refined my, my uh, value, um, value add to him and um, he gave me the offer. Fantastic. Third time. Fantastic. So I think, you know, the learning and, is and did you don't feel, give up, right? Did, absolutely. Did you feel you had to compromise a little bit in the sense that, uh, did you feel like it was kind of a, a they were looking for very male qualities and not spotting your brilliance because they had a kind of a blind eye to the sort of things that you brought to the table that were a little bit different because I mean software was kind of a boys club back then uh, very much so did, yeah. did CA you? come on CA yeah. is a big boys club absolutely you know even yeah. the board is mostly men <laughs> <laughs> um, I think also because the fact that I'm American I can go straight up to my um, my seniors I don't need his permission to get up. I have a lot of relationships already back at headquarters. And so yeah. I think that maybe there's a certain insecurity about she can literally They're a bit scared go. of you. Yeah, yeah and I, I was a bit of a maverick also. Sure. Maybe from my startup mentality. Um, I'm not afraid of speaking up. I'm not afraid of challenging the status quo, which is not something that the Asian leaders enjoy. Sure, sure. So um, that was very different. And Did you not find barriers in Japan? It sounds like you. It sounds like it, it was contrary to what they were thinking. It sounds like they were almost more open in Japan to you moving up. Well, they treated me like an American, right? And ah, so when it. I walked yeah. into every meeting, they're like, Anna son, you're such a crazy, aggressive negotiator, but we like it." You know? <laughs> <laughs> so, so as long as you deliver what you promise, yeah. I think a lot of times. Um, U.S. companies or Western companies come in, parachute an executive, tell them everything that they want to hear, go the way, you know, they go away and then they never deliver yeah. or deliver very little. So over-promise, under-deliver. And, and I've lived and worked in Japan and my experience was really positive there. Despite yeah. being told X, Y, and Z, when I went there and just tried to really, uh, I suppose, uh, immerse myself and, and work well with the people around me, 
um, I found it a very easy place to work in yes, personally. You know? Exactly. Yeah. I really enjoyed it. Yeah. CA Technologies, um, and after you got the VP role, you obviously excelled in it. Tell, tell us from there on, from that point. So you got the job, the dream job. Yeah, the dream job. Um, it didn't last too long because I realized that um, what I wanted, um, I have almost plateaued, right? And what, where else can I go? Um, it, it's the same old, same old. Uh, I, I wasn't really disrupting, impacting the way that I wanted to. Yeah. Uh, more like a startup culture, right? Uh, move faster, break things, you know, do something, Absolutely. right? Absolutely. And there's just so much bureaucracy. You're almost like wearing a straight jacket, uh, or you're in the, you know, you're, you're being pulled back. You take two steps forward, one step back all the time, and it's just not really helping. So and I, you're worrying about relationships and silly stuff and managing upwards and all that. Oh yeah, that stuff. I don't enjoy that. Yeah. Uh, although I can do it really well. Oh, I've no doubt. <laughs> but to become a VP in, in a company like that, you have to be able to do it. But it's not what you want to do, is it? No, yeah. no. In the next episode, part two of three, Anna talks about escaping her lucrative corporate straitjacket to a baptism of fire in Perks, where she quite literally turned the company upside down. Now the revenues indicate it's also right side up. She converted the business from B2C to a deep tech enterprise B2B SaaS play, redefining the cap table and offloading investors that were distracting to the business. She also shows the courage to open up about her mistakes. As a result, Perks is now experiencing blitz scaling, experiencing negative churn, and can't hire fast enough because it's drowning in pipeline. She also talks about the challenge of operating in Asia, which she describes as a follower's market. You've been listening to 14 Minutes of SaaS. Thanks to Mike Quill for his creativity and problem-solving skills, and to Katsu for the music. This episode was brought to you by me, Stephen Cummins. If you enjoyed the podcast, please don't forget to share it with your network, subscribe to the series, and give the show a rating. This podcast is a labor of love, and I travel all over the world to interview the founders of amazing SaaS startups. I ask for nothing in return from them other than their valuable time. And I never play dirty tricks, such as if you get five of your employees to rate the podcast with five stars and send me screenshots, we'll publish a month earlier. These episodes are so much work to produce and very expensive without the backing of a big tech company. Do your good deed for today by taking a minute now to review us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or any of the major podcast platforms, wherever you're listening to us. Thank you.